Welcome to the Fearless and Successful Podcast, brought to you by Coach D. That is me, and it is designed for changemakers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three P's, productivity, purpose, and profit, and I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics, and I am also going to provide you with solo episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Go. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening. Another fearless and successful show with my friend from Australia. I don't know what's with Aussies like getting into my show, but welcome, Eric. I'm so glad to have you here today. I think it's that we just love those North Europeans, Diana. That must be what it is. We can't get enough of them. So cool. And I want to kick it off because I think we can have a really awesome conversation around it because we are on the Fearless and Successful podcast and we will talk about courage and regrets and all this good stuff. So tell me what is your perception of being fearless and having courage and being bold? Are these like one similar or what is your distinction? Mm, okay. Yes. There's a lot of nonsense talked about being <laughs> about trying to get rid of fear. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my understanding, and I, I've immersed myself deeply in, in the science of human behavior and human be- performance. So uh, I did have a 20 year career as a consultant with IBM, living around the world, Germany and uh, the Middle East, Scotland and Australia, and. Uh, Fascinating though it was, I developed an appetite for human behavior. So I took a step back out of that world to try and find out why, what were the conditions under which people were at their best in their careers? What made the difference? And so I took a really deep dive into the science, as I say, of human behavior. And so I've got two master's degrees in human behavioral science now. And I've discovered that this capacity to, to be bold, to take courageous action, it's a set of skills. It's a set of capabilities that everyone can develop. It's not some stuff that you're born with and that you've just got to make the most of what you've got. It's a set of skills. And sure, some people are born with a little bit more of a predisposition to being adventurous and exploratory and taking risks, but it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Every single one of us can get better at being bold. We, we can't get rid of those fears. I'd love to be, well, would I love to be fearless? I don't know. I'd just be, it could be quite dangerous, couldn't it? We would just cross the road. We wouldn't care what was coming if we were fearless. But we can change our relationship to fear so that it can influence us less. That's the best we can do. We can have, we can take courageous action in the presence of fear that influences us less. And that's a set of well-known skills. And that's what I help people to develop. 
Less fear. Oh, I get, uh, this was the best explanation ever. Like Eric, kudos. Well, there you go. Let, let's stop there. Let's just stop while we're ahead, Diana. <laughs> we started with the juicy, like, and, and I want to go deep. Like, um, so, and I, I, I really love how you say, like, we don't want to get rid of the fear. It's something that we just need to get motivated by because that, so here, here's the, the blank. If I overcome the fear, I become blank. Or I have blank. Well, if we welcome the fear, it, mm. that's a tall order. Awesome. It's a tall, it's a, yeah, but it, it's, it's a big, it's a big ask. You know, none of us like it. Mm -hmm. no, none of us like it. It's not a comfortable feeling. We don't want it. But the reality is that growth mm -hmm. and discovery and the very best things in life are unfortunately on the other side of fear, that they're not in the comfort zone. Yeah. It's it's lovely here. It's it's lovely in the comfort zone. I like it, but we don't we don't grow. And I think if we ask any of your listeners, if we could find a way of asking them right now, if you look back at your life at the times of which you have been most proud, most proud of what you've done, I bet they weren't lying on a beach somewhere sipping a drink. They were actually doing something that was personally challenging. They must have taken a risk. They were being bold in the service of doing something that mattered. And it might have been in a business arrangement. They may have been exploring new territory, asking for that sale, asking for that business, being willing to collaborate, perhaps, being willing to learn, being willing to, to surrender old ways of thinking. You know, it takes a lot of courage some to admit, ah, you know what, that way I was thinking, it's not appropriate anymore. I've got to leave that behind. That takes courage. Asking for help in business, that takes courage. Making a mistake and saying, I'm sorry, mm. it takes courage. Courage really is the, the ingredient that's going to allow all of us to achieve more. And it's, it's not just in business. It's also in our personal relationships yeah. and in our personal growth. So courage is what makes things happen. And if we can accept and uh, allow the fear to be there and to take action, mm -hmm. then we can make good things happen. But it's human nature that fear holds us back. It's absolutely human nature. It's not a flaw when people feel you know, reluctant to step out into the unknown, to do something new, perhaps to collaborate, to try something diff difficult, something that may not work. Mm -hmm. It's not a flaw. It's not something that's wrong with us. This is how we're all designed. We're designed not to get hurt, not to get damaged. Mm. But we've all got uh, minds that exaggerate the risk. We all have minds that uh, are fearful. And so we need to develop skills, to, yes, to be with fear. And sometimes the fear actually is an indication. It's the signpost that says this, is, this matters to you. This is important. You care about this. We don't care about, we're not worried about failing at the things we don't care about. Yes. We're indifferent. We're indifferent. It's when it matters. It could be a relationship. It could be an exciting business opportunity. And we really want it to go well because it would be so good if it went well. And we're, we're fearful that it might not go well. 
But the things that we don't care about, yeah, well, it might succeed, it might not. So fear is sometimes a sign that this you're on the right track. You're moving in a meaningful direction. Hmm. Wow. Wow, this was good. I love the the idea of, and this I'm gonna stop, or I want my listeners to stop right here, stop the recording. I want you to take your notes out, your journal, and just ask yourself, when was the moment in your life when you felt the most proud of? And mm. it was probably a fear around it. Uh, you took some courageous action. Um, and I want you to screenshot this podcast and tag both me and Eric and tell us we want to shout out you we want to say hey we are proud of you too okay <laughs> so this the, is action the, fearless people <laughs> do it do it and when I ask audiences that I'm talking to you know when were the occasions the, there's wonderful stories come up actually you know it was the time I left my dead-end job and mm -hmm. started a new business for myself Mm -hmm. and, and that takes courage. It's, it's a big thing to leave the safety, regular pay, predictability, to leave that for a more exciting, more thrilling, more, more rewarding, personally rewarding work. Yeah. Sometimes people say that. So we want to hear from you guys. Did you, yep. did, was it when you quit your job, started your podcast, wrote your book, reach out to someone, got a sale, whatever that is. We want to hear from you. So tag both of us on Insta and in your stories and share with us so we can give you a shout out. And Eric, I want to pass the ball to you. When was your most proud moment? And, you know, mm. felt like, wow, I'm on the top of the world. Was there a fear present that you needed to welcome? I'll be frank. Uh, plenty of occasions, uh, plenty of occasions. Exactly. I think one of the first ones was actually was leaving IBM. It was leaving. Mm. So my first, my first big job uh, was working with IBM in Scotland, in Edinburgh at a fabulous time. And I thought I would be there for life. I thought it, it was comfortable. I was doing good work, quite, very successful at what I was doing. But a friend of mine had been promoted into being my manager. And one day she came and said, Eric, Eric, if you want it, if you want it, I can give you this voluntary redundancy package, this, this pile of cash. But you've got one week to decide, one week to decide, and you'll have to leave the company, find work somewhere else. And I said immediately, I said, no, 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 I'm not taking that. I love it here. I've been in Edinburgh for 12 years, very comfortable, love what I'm doing. Why would I want to leave the known and the familiar and do something else? And as the week wore on, I realized, oh, my goodness, who knows what's out there? And my, my fear was I'll never work again. I thought if I just leave this safety, this security, where I'm known and everything's going well, you know, what might happen? What might happen? Many dread, my mind said many dreadful things could happen. Mm -hmm. You could be in the gutter within six months. Once you spend that money, you could be hungry and tired and dirty oh. in the Scottish gutters, <laughs> covered in bits of haggis. It would have been a dreadful sight, a terrible sight. But I, I took a leap. I took a leap of faith and it was, it, I, I didn't sleep well for that week. I said it was a very bad time, mm -hmm. but the best things in my life have happened as a consequence of that. Mm -hmm. I left the UK. I started working and living in the Middle East 
and I met people from all sorts of different cultures and it completely shook me up. It was such, such a healthy thing to be exposed to people and know people from Syria, from Sudan, from Egypt, from, from the United Arab Emirates, mm. the French. I, can you believe it? I had to work with the French, Diana. It was a, it was, <laughs> it was a growth experience. Unbelievable. A growth, yeah, I know. I know. I was only just paid enough. But uh, this experience, it did. It stretched me. And it was because I left. It was because I left. And then I moved on and I worked in Germany, in Munich for three years. Mm -hmm. Fabulous time because I left. Mm -hmm. I've come to Australia. I've done my degrees in behavioral science. I've become a coach, facilitator and an author, all because I was willing to take a step into the unknown, take a gamble. So that so was one of the key this pivots. Is, this is good. And I think this is the, 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 we are getting into a topic that we're going to be talking about today. And I just love that you said, this is one decision I made. Mm. It was not easy decision, but it opened so many doors, right? What if, so, so this is the question that I always like love to ask people, would you rather stay in what if or oops? <laughs> right right that, that, that's right if you stay at IBM yeah that's right we'd end up at the end of the day there would be this regret I think oh you'd be th yeah well, I wonder what might have happened mm -hmm. and you know it it could have been okay well I'd never have known who can say who you know, the truth is who can say mm -hmm. but I'm very very happy with the variety of things the, the, the variety of of uh, cultures i've been exposed to ideas new thinking i think when we stay in, in one environment and our context is familiar is consistent our thinking is consistent you know our environment determines to a large degree whether we have new thoughts and do new things mm -hmm. so i think i would still be thinking it could be i would i'd be very comfortable and it's possible I'd be content. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's possible. But, but it, uh, I'm glad I took not the joyful. choice I did. Not joyful. No, I, no perhaps not. Uh -huh. Okay. There's a word called so content, anodyne. Okay, content, but not, okay, okay, good. Um, and when we talk about like, okay, so this was a beautiful experience, right? Um, I took a leap of faith and it turned out okay, or very good because I serve uh people i i drive i i i do what i love to do but let's go back to if you would stay you would never feel the feeling of taking a leap of faith and knowing oh. that net appears when you jump yeah that's right it could be very stale yeah, right. It could have it could have been a very stale ex, 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 uh, existence. Like, does grow, and you mentioned growth comes when you welcome the fear. You would. We have to be stretched. Growth environment. <laughs> That's right. And you were saying earlier, oh, well, you've 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 uh, taken this path and it's all been wonderful, and it hasn't all been wonderful. Oh, so yeah, you know, you know, plenty of bumps, plenty of hard landings, mm -hmm. plenty of hard landings. But that's. There's no way of avoiding that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have an adventurous life, mm. if great things are going to happen, you know, there have to be disappointments as well. Yeah. There have got to be setbacks. There have got to be 
uh, all sorts of painful experiences. That's the deal. You can't have the highs without some lows. Yes, I love that. And how, tell us, like, this is really interesting. How do you uh, cope with highs and lows? Well, what helps you lo- to, to just... How like, do I cope? Cope. Well, what I what, what what I would say what, what I would say is, for the last twelve years, I, I've been taking, as I say, a very deep dive into human behavior, and I've spent a lot of time building my personal resilience. Yeah. Good. So I've spent a, a lot of time developing my well-being, uh, an inner sense of strength, knowing what matters to me, knowing my values, practicing mindfulness. You know, a lot of uh, self-development techniques which have given me a resilience so that now when bad things do happen, and an example is two years ago, I broke my leg hiking. So I was uh, in the Blue Mountains here. I tripped and fell. I was about three hours away from the start of the walk in a very remote area, and I broke my leg very, very badly. And I, I had to be helicoptered out. And it took five hours for the surgeons to reconstruct my leg. But it meant that I was uh, in quite considerable pain and on my back, unable to work for three months. So I was on my back for three months. But but at the time, as it was happening, I, I realized as it was happening that I was now have to tap into the resilience and the strength to cope. You can't develop resilience and personal strength at the time that you need it you've got no no, it's it's a bit like physical strength if you've got something heavy to lift you can't train for it now you have to have trained beforehand Mm. and and so actually a a lot of people remarked how, how how well I coped with quite challenging circumstances but and I was aware of it at the time and I thought oh thank goodness I've done my practice. Thank goodness. I have, I know what matters to me. I know what my values are. I've done my mindfulness uh, training that I had built uh, a core of strength Mm -hmm. that I could call upon that I could call. And I'm not saying it wouldn't have run out eventually. We all, we all reach a point where our resources are depleted, but I I had a good, I was well-charged. My battery was well-charged to cope with uh, that particular challenge. Yeah. And do you think that that's the necessity or that's like, that's something that we all need to master just to, I th- right? I think look, we are, we are, if you're going to have a good life, there's going to be challenges. It, it will be challenging. And that some of the challenges you will not have asked for. So no. it could be reorganizations, layoffs, pandemics, yeah. Maybe a pandemic. Yeah. yeah, you did not. None of us asked for this. No. But also, the most rewarding experiences in life are challenging too. You know, starting a relationship, building a family, developing a business, collaborating with others, mm-hmm. making good. Th- these things are challenging too. So yes, if we're going to cope with the challenges we did not ask for, and be willing to take the challenges we do want then yes, we need to, to build inner strengths to yeah. be able to meet those challenges. I, I do think a, a rich, rewarding, successful, meaningful life is enhanced hugely by developing personal strength and personal resilience. So beautifully said. So beautifully said. 
because what we see like what happened with people who didn't have that inner compass inner strength like a lot of fear that it's not even rational, right? Because we yep. can't control what is happening outside. We can only yes. control how we feel, right? Yes. And a lot of people couldn't control that, couldn't cope with with the fear. No. Um, but you still and you'll can't see- control. Like you can't have you, what is happening right now in the world with whatever. We are not going to go into debate, but you cannot control what other people, no. uh, government is doing. Like you cannot but you can control how you respond to it. Yes, but that idea, that idea that you're, you're voicing there, it's so important. Yeah. And of course, it was the, the Stoics came up with this two and a half, 2,000 years ago. Focus on what's within your control. If you want to be happy in life, focus. This is ancient wisdom, but people forget it. Yeah. And people today don't know what you've just expressed there. It's such an important idea. We need to focus on what what is within our sphere of influence, mm. because when we spend our time, yeah, fretting about things outside of our control, things happening in other countries, perhaps, you know, it it you'll just make yourself miserable. Yeah, right. So it's a really a really important piece of wisdom that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I developed that because I have this five-five rule, which is these five-five rule. Like, you know, be upset or be angry or be like, you know, whatever negative emotion you are experience. Only about five minutes, if you if, if that doesn't matter. Like, if it doesn't matter and won't matter in five years, like just you have five minutes to be upset, to be like, (laughs) just like punch a bag or whatever, like be angry, feel the emotion because that's your body's telling you something. If it doesn't matter in five years, if it matters in five years, even if you're upset, you will have to take an action. You will have to do something. If you're upset about relationship, if you're upset about your business partner, if you're upset about your client and that will matter in five years, it's your responsibility to take action on it. And being upset doesn't like doesn't even serve you. It, you have to take a step forward, right? You have to do something with it. But if it's something yes. insignificant, like something that is like, okay, my neighbor just like I don't know, they put a tree in front of my my I I they they blocked my view. <laughs> well, like, I can't Neighbors. do anything about it. I'm just gonna be five minutes upset and pissed off, and then I just have to release. Like, okay, it's good, <laughs> right? Yes. So, like, no, being, you're right. Being mindful, being mindful. Of well, emotions. there's there's the word. Yes, we need to be mindful of emotions. Yeah. And the, I think a, a lot of people are reluctant to feel yeah. feelings. They they might think, oh, it would be weak of me if I allow myself to feel. Uh, too much but the the tragedy is if you don't allow yourself to feel the painful emotions then you also cripple yourself when it comes to feeling the 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 joyful ecstatic right awesome emotions too so but this is another skill being able to be with anger disappointment hurt and not have it overwhelm you but Mm. still to be with it, not to push it away, not to ignore it, not to anesthetize yourself with gin, schnapps, or what do the Swedes drink? You can't afford to drink over there, can you? It's too expensive. Well, we that's, love wine. <laughs> yeah, but you do. Okay, wine. So, so this is what people generally do with feelings: is either they try to numb, anest- it. numb it, numb it, push it, push it down, or ignore it, 
or just soldier on bravely. Or respond to it like in a wrong way, right? Or get swept away by it, Mm. get swept away and act out and and take angry action. But it's possible to feel anger and not take angry action. You can feel overwhelmed and sad, but not actually surrender and lie down and give up. The actions we take and the feelings we have, they're not, the feelings do not control our actions. They influence, Mm. but when someone says, oh, I I had to do that because I I was so angry, you know, you made, Diana, you made me do it because you made me angry. Of course, I was going to go out and punch the car or something. Of course, it was your fault. It was you. Yeah. It was, it was you. But, but actually, not only can you not make me angry, but also my my anger does not dictate what I do. Hmm. It does not it will nudge me and say, go on, go on, do it. It will give us an urge, but we are not at the mercy of our feelings. We're not at the mercy. So good. And there's another point that I want to bring up, like, because when we do something that is like, you made me do it, it's like we are giving away our power. And that's like, even like, it's so people don't even understand that when you're blaming someone, and when you're reacting from the blame, and you're, you are giving responsibility, your responsibility to someone else. Yes. Giving away your power. Yeah. It's true. It's just disempowering. And uh, instead of being empowered, like we live in this world where we all have power, we (laughs) all have power. Instead of like empowering, we are disempowering ourselves, which is so crazy. It is. It is. And of course, we do it because it makes us feel better in the short term. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment. And we all love to feel good in the moment. What's what's better than (laughs) than feeling good now there's a lovely book called extreme ownership Mm. and it's part of one of its ideas is that we can't blame others for our circumstances when you take ownership of what's happening right now it is an empowering stance and you are not disabled you can achieve much more Mm. so beautiful so yeah Yeah. ownership wow (laughs) <laughs> what a like, really yeah, there's one more thing there's one more thing about it and i i think this is it's about being honest mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. i i think when you feel a feeling that is there you're just being honest it's dishonest to say oh no i'm not sad i'm not disappointed i'm not frightened i'm not worried that's a very dishonest way to live your life so actually a- acknowledging the feelings we have being realistic about the circumstances we we find ourselves in and owning your own strengths, not pushing them away, saying, no, I'm giving away my strength to you. Mm. It's an honest, responsible way to take ownership of your life. And when you take ownership of your life, you can author it. Yeah. Yeah. You can construct it. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. And Guys, I want to give you another uh, action to take. I want you to feel or I want you to write down in your notebook where you wrote, wrote what was your proudest moment. I want, you, I want you also to write when was the moment 
when you took an ownership of your life? Mm. Mm. When did you own like the <laughs> life and everything that life has to offer? When was that moment? Because we want more of that. We want to feel yes. that we are owning it, right? Yes, absolutely. Nicely said. And the, the other important point is this is something that we do every day. It's not like we do it once. There, I've done it now. I've taken oh, yeah. ownership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, something some we do. It- like they, they cannot. Sometimes it's like we, we don't even acknowledge and we don't even, we're not mindful of, of these moments because yes. we just like, run on the autopilot and it's like whoa 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 go 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 um yes stop and think about the moment when you felt that you are taking ownership over over your life and create more of that yeah yeah and i'd, I'd ask them really think of that moment what was it like yeah what was it like when you t- take ownership when you said no no i'm choosing for myself i'm going to decide i take ownership mm-hmm. what was that like and we and in a sense it doesn't matter what's happened in the past we could have had a whole life up to now of mostly abdicating (laughs) taking responsibility for our own lives it doesn't matter this new moment that's arriving has never happened before it's fresh and you can choose to be the kind of person that you want to now from this moment on yeah yeah we are we are we are writing our own story our own yes yes i would love to like i I would love to talk about your book so tell us about your book. oh yes (laughs) yes it's it's called swipe right on your best self Mm. and now i've gave it that title because as i'm sure many of your listeners know the term swipe right not that long ago (laughs) these dating apps arrived and of course tinder is the leader in this field. And if you, you're presented with people that you might want to date, an image and a bit of text, and if you like the look of that person, you swipe right. If you don't like the look of them, you swipe left. So people spend a lot of time, Diana, thinking about who they want to date, who they want as a partner, a lot of time. But we spend a lot more time in our lives with somebody else, ourselves. And actually, the kind of person you choose to be, the kind of person you choose to swipe right on, is a decision. And it's up to you. Every single one of us gets to choose what kind of person we're going to be, what kind of things matter to you. Mm. And it could be, maybe you want to be someone who is, well, it could be anything. Uh, It could be someone who's a, a, a learner, a teacher, someone who shares a lot someone who cares for others, someone who lives a life of service, someone who is deeply re- religious and, and honours their maker, someone who uh, is, is going to savour every moment of being on this planet, someone who's going to immerse himself in nature or discover science, you know, dive into the world of science. We get to choose what kind of people we're going to be. We really do. We'd, and that's what my book is about. It's how we can intentionally author our own lives. And that requires courage. Mm. It requires courage because, you know, society will have a lot of other ideas. The culture that you live in and the culture that I live in will have a lot of ideas 
about how you ought to be living your life. Right. What, it, right. what they will approve of. Mm-hmm. What a woman of a certain age with a certain skin tone and a certain looks, how you ought to behave, how you ought to dress, mm-hmm. what sort of careers you should aspire to. Right. Wow. And yeah. And it's not just the culture, your family will have some ideas, the community. Advertising is telling you all the time how what you ought to do with your money, what you should do. And it's it's very persuasive. It's a very easy thing just to, to say, OK, I'm getting all of this messaging that uh, culture says I ought to. Uh, I ought to work in a bank or maybe or have two children. Uh, I should aim to have a house. White and and I, sh- I should. Yeah, it could be white picket fence. And I ought to have a car and this this sort of planned life. I ought to do that. But if we do that, if we just obey the messaging that comes in from around us, we risk ending up sharing the number one regret of the dying. So that palliative care nurse Bronnie Ware in Australia wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm. She was spending time with with people in their last weeks and their last days on earth, and they would share with her their biggest regrets. And the number one regret she heard more than anything else was, I wish I'd had the courage Mm. to live a life true to myself Mm. and not live the life that others expected of me. We don't want to be that person. That message from the dying is a gift to the living. It's a gift to us. And it's a reminder to choose for ourselves. And it takes the courage. Like sometimes people... It it will. Others may not always approve. Yeah. It's easy to just say, well, you know, for me, I know that... Yeah, they may not. I mean, they might approve. Yeah, right. Um, For me, it was like, like just leaving my home country, Slovenia, and moving eight years ago to Sweden... And, you know, leaving my, leaving my IKEA apartment, like dream apartment and my job at university to come here and to, for a year to clean houses. Like that was, I needed to let go of that dream to, because that was not my dream. That was my, my parents' dream. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm a migrant daughter. Like they always wanted me to have a beautiful life, beautiful career, like, and her, their dream came true, but my dream, I was just like, not, I was not fulfilled. And it was hard for them to accept, like, why are you leaving this? And it took so much courage to, oh, it was I bet like it did. fight. It was constant fight. You know, Huge. You, I told you so. <laughs> I told, so um, but yeah, it, it, now when I look back, like, Man, no, I, even if I knew, even if I knew what is going to be like here, like really one year of suffering, um, I would still take that, this path because it's so rewarding for my soul and yeah, just so much, makes so much sense. Like you have an ability to choose how you're going to live your life. You do, but that ability to choose is something that we need to cultivate mm-hmm. because there are a lot of factors that, that suppress it, that undermine it, that erode it. 
And, and that's what my book is about, how we can reduce our reactivity, mm. which has us acting on autopilot. Because yeah. a courageous life does, does not happen on autopilot. A fearful life happens on autopilot. Right. We move away from challenge. We back off mm-hmm. from the things that we're afraid of mm. on autopilot. But to come into the present to be and to make an intentional, deliberate choice, that's a skill. And there are things that we can do to cultivate that ability. Love this. And you actually have some practical tips, right? It's not just like, oh, right? It, no, absolutely. Because unfortunately, what most people do is just try, is they fall back on willpower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a fan of willpower. It has its place, but it's not enough. It's not enough to just force yourself to do things. It's not an emotionally intelligent way mm-hmm. to go ahead. So one of the, let me say, share one strategy. One of the, the reasons why people don't take bold action is because we are uh, discouraged. So our courage is depleted. We are discouraged by the, the messaging from the media. So the constant advertising messaging we get tells us you are not enough as you are. You're not attractive enough, rich enough, popular enough. You are not enough. And although we look at that and we might mock it up, I don't believe that a part of us is always paying attention. Mm. Inevitably, our sense of being enough to meet life's challenges will be depleted. Mm. The way that we can fill up that sense of enoughness is there's a lot of ways of doing it. But one of the key strategies is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude for what for what we already have. And again, this is ancient Stoic wisdom. Epictetus said, if you'd like to be happy, learn to want what you already have. Mm -hmm. And it's human nature to get used to stuff, to get a new phone. We're excited for a couple of days and then we become accustomed to it. It's just there. That's human nature. Mm. But when we intentionally turn our attention Mm. to the good things in life that we already have and appreciate them, this ability that we have to connect now across the planet. This is, we live in an age of miracles. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we can do this in real time. And there are many things that happen to us every day that we can just pause and, and savor. Now, what I'd like to do is share with your uh, listeners my favorite gratitude exercise, yeah. my favorite of all. And here it is. I call this the ultimate gratitude exercise. Okay. Now, the reality is, the sad reality is that at some point in our life, Tiana, we will do everything for the last time. At some point, you may see a friend for the last time. It might be because you're, you're moving country. And as you have done, there are people that you won't see again. There are restaurants that you've been into, perhaps in Slovenia, that you will never eat in again. There are streets you've walked down when you've been on, maybe you've been on a holiday somewhere that you will never walk down again. 
everything. The truth is, of course, at some point in our life, we will do everything for the last time. One way to really build up gratitude is to do any thing that you appreciate today as though it was for the last time. So next time, are you a coffee drinker, Diana? Do you drink coffee or tea? Chai. Chai. <laughs> next time you have a, a nice hot cup of chai, all those lovely aromatic senses, you've got one there. Well, right now, right now, imagine this is your last cup of chai. Not because anything horrible is going to happen to you, but perhaps perhaps the the spice harvest is going to fail. It doesn't matter what. It's a thought experiment. Imagine what if, what if that was the very last cup you would ever be able to smell, wow. to savor. How much attention Present. would you give that mm. experience? Mm. All of my, like, it's I, so presenting, right? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's like, it, it just, it's an accelerant. It's a mindfulness accelerant. You come bang into the present moment and it dials up savory, savoring, Mm-hmm. And gratitude and awe, A-W-E, all of them, awe, gratitude, savoring at the same time in the present moment. It's a very powerful exercise. Mm-hmm. And if we can just do that a couple of times a day, could be with a hot drink. It could be you're walking down the street and you see a tree. Just imagine, just imagine that was the last time you would see a tree. And before you say to me, that's silly, that could never happen. Some people, have you seen this on the news? Some people are planning to go to Mars. There's a mission. They think it's going to happen. It's not, not, that, not that long away. In about five, six years, they're hoping to send a manned mission, a one-way mission, Diana, one way to Mars. Those people will never see a tree again. Mm. They'll never see the sea again. They'll never feel the sunshine on their skin or the feeling of the wind. They'll never see a bird again. All these things that you and I take for granted, perhaps, they will never see again. But let's stop taking them for granted quite as much. Mm-hmm. Not because it's a lovely thing to do, but it builds inner strengths. It fortifies us. Gratitude has a profound impact on courage. It actually makes us more courageous. Mm. And that's why I'd encourage your listeners a couple of times a day, just for 10 seconds, imagine you're doing anything for the last time. Wow. Oh my goodness. I, I have been practicing gratitude for past four years consistently. Um, and this is one of the, yo, yo, Eric, we have to do another one, <laughs> just the gratitude. Uh, yeah, sure. So, it's, so good. yeah, it's potent. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and there's a lot of other gratitude exercises and they're, they're not bad. They're not bad, but this one, I tell you this one, it grounds it's, you and it grounds oh, you like really. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's powerful. And it, it's, it's not hard either. You know, it's quite. Just imagine, oh, what if this was the last time? Mm. And you just notice an, a lot more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, so, like, this is back to that mindfulness. Like, 
you know, just being mindful about things that are around us and that we already have and, and appreciating them. So, so powerful. It, yeah. Yep, it is. And, and actually being mindful, which is coming into the present moment, as you know well, is a fundamental skill if you're going to be taking courageous action yeah. because we only break habits and come out of autopilot by coming to the present moment. Wow. This is, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> Eric, this was so, so good. And um, <clears throat> to wrap this up, I would love for people to, obviously we will link the, the book. I had the, I checked it out. So it, it looks like really good read. So I'm going to buy the book, but also I would love for people to connect with you. What is your number one you know, the platform that you love the most and you love to like oh, connect and go terms, deep with people. <laughs> in terms of social media, actually, yeah. it's LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Cool. So, yeah, so I, I, I work with organizations running you know, workshops and training programs. So I live on LinkedIn. That's the place to go. But I do have a website, uh, ericwinters.com.au. And that's where you'll find more about my workshops and my talks. And if you do, now, now that I know that you do have some Australian listeners, or I would say to the people who are listening now who are in Australia, you can get a signed copy of the book from my website. It's on Amazon for people in other parts of the world and all of the other bookstores, of course. There's a Kindle version and a paper copy. But people who are in Australia, if you'd like your own signed copy, go to ericwinters.com.au. Mm, we're going to link that too, because we have some, some Aussies in our audience as well. So that's super cool. Um, guys, Eric, was there anything that I we didn't discuss and you would like, I'm dying <laughs> to share this with your audience. Like they have to know no. this. <laughs> I was dying to share the ultimate gratitude exercise with cool. you. So I'm thank so thank you for giving me an opportunity to share that. Yes, yeah, tick. super, super cool. And definitely a great closure because I am so grateful and so so thankful for being able to connect with you to have a have fun moment with you. Like this is my ultimate value is to have fun in life. Um so that was definitely fun. You brought a lot of joy into my life, and I'm so so grateful for that. You're wonderful. We've we've got we share something in common there. I do that every morning. I'm th I say to myself, right, how am I going to have fun doing things today? Right. If ain't and fun, it, don't do it. <laughs> you, yeah, you might as well. It doesn't matter what you do. There's always a way. There's always a way. Even the most boring tasks. There's always a way to make it a little bit fun. Yeah, this was fun, Eric. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, speak soon, and yes. People connect with Eric on LinkedIn or check his website. We're going to link everything and have an awesome day. Ciao. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21 day mindset mastery and business strategy program. All you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in EG stories. Until next time, dreamer. Mwah.